0: This is the Big Issues Better Pod, acting today for a better tomorrow.
1: One of the biggest conspiracy theories of the last few years is, is, is QAnon, um, which is almost, in many ways, it operates sort of like a cult.
0: Between the anti-vaxxers, QAnon believers and Donald Trump, we do seem to be living through a conspiracy theory peak. Our BetterPod guest today is here to unpick why people fall for seemingly ridiculous ideas and how you can avoid being one of them. John Elledge is a journalist and a big issue contributor and along with his fellow author Tom Phillips, he's written Conspiracy, a history of bollocks theories and how not to fall for them. It's a funny and useful guide that uncovers the real damage these ideas can do. I'm Laura Kelly, Future Generations Editor at The Big Issue. I lead a team of exciting young journalists from backgrounds that are traditionally underrepresented in the media.
2: I'm Katarina Siewitinidis. I'm one of the Future Generations team members. Usually I wouldn't have the opportunities that I have with The Big Issue because I come from a working class background. And podcasting's just been a really enjoyable thing for me. And I really enjoyed this episode as well.
0: Do you feel a little bit like you're less likely to fall for the nonsense after speaking to John?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it is it is easy to be almost taken over by them. But yeah, John definitely um, gave us a lesson on how not to fall for the definitely the ones that are more on the brainwashing side.
0: Hi, John. Thanks for joining Kat and me on BetterPod. We're here to talk about conspiracies today. So I'd like to start by getting you to tell us your favourite conspiracy theory.
1: Okay, so my, my favourite conspiracy theory that I, I researched and wrote about for the book, uh, which, which I'm sure you guys have never heard of, is the phantom time hypothesis which is the theory that roughly three centuries of European history between, I think about the 6th and the ninth century, never actually happened. And that a coalition of rulers of, of places like the Holy Roman Empire and the Byzantine Empire and uh, and, and also the papacy um, basically made up these centuries because, well, for no other reason than it sounded cooler to be ruling in the year 1000 than in the year 603 or whatever it was. Um, and And what I like about, What I like about this theory is you can see exactly where it comes from. It is so transparent. It is that, you know, those, those centuries in in Western Europe are known as the dark ages because, you know, we don't really have very many records of them because the Roman Empire had fallen. Civilization was in a little bit of a mess. um, So we don't really know what's going on because people were a bit too busy to write stuff down. What the whole sort of subsistence farming and trying not to die thing. Um, so so that's that's clearly where it comes from is like the dark ages didn't they didn't happen that's why we don't know anything about them. but but we also know it's it's definitely not true because we have plenty of history from other places such as persia or the arab world or china um and it's just like an absolutely transparent attempt to cope with the fact that there's a period in history where europe was was a little bit backwards um so so yeah i i just kind of like how obvious it is really
2: and how widespread would you say is the belief in conspiracy theories?
1: So so this is this is a point we kind of talk about a lot in the book. Um there is I think we all have sort of a mental image of what a conspiracy theorist looks like. Um and maybe it's you know one of those sort of weird skinny guys from the X-Files, or maybe it's like, you know, the comic book store guy from The Simpsons. But it's like, you know, socially awkward men, basically, who would probably spend a lot of time in basements. <laughs> um but but if you actually look at so the stats, if you kind of look at um, polling, loads of people believe in some form of a conspiracy theory. Uh, like there has been, since since uh, JFK was assassinated in 1963, there has never been a point at which fewer than half of Americans uh, believe there was a conspiracy to to kill him, even though there is absolutely no reason, like there is nothing in the historical evidence we have of that, of that murder to, to suggest it wasn't just one guy with a gun. Um, but but you know that that doesn't feel like enough of a cause. So so people have always have always believed there must be something else going on there. Or or we um, uh, um a friend of mine, uh, uh, the pollster's opinion, a guy called Chris Curtis, was kind enough to to put some polling in the field um for us to kind of help us to promote our delightful book and we found out that you can get like about a quarter of the british public will say they believe any conspiracy theory you can put in front of them basically and that's kind of you know that's that's a high enough proportion that you kind of have to assume it's it's not just all these weird guys in basements to a certain extent it's you know any one of us really can fall for a conspiracy theory as long as it kind of fits our existing prejudices i think
2: why do you think us as human beings we're just so why do you think we're just so attracted to conspiracy theories
1: i mean i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of different reasons but i think a big part of it is is actually just how our brains evolved like if you kind of think about you know but, but what is intelligence It's basically pattern spotting right if you can if you can see this change in the weather that means there's a storm coming you're more likely to you're more likely to survive to to uh, reproduce and have descendants than than someone who can't see that or like if you know if you're a, if you're a small fairy mammal and you can tell when there's a tiger in the bushes that's an evolutionary advantage um but if you kind of think that through to the next level like there is kind of no evolutionary disadvantage in being a little bit paranoid. In fact, it is probably better to see tigers where there aren't tigers than to not see tigers where there are. So I think it is just, it's an evolved uh, mechanism to kind of look for patterns, even when patterns aren't there. Um, So I think that's a big part of it. But I think also it's, you know, it can be, there's all sorts of other things in there, but I think one of them is, it can be a comfort, can't it? Like if you kind of imagine, if, if you think about, how much of, of, of the state of your life is down to sort of random chance or the fact that, you know, there was a slight mutation in, in a bat somewhere, in, in, a, in a virus in a bat somewhere in China a few years ago. Um, and the result of that was the economy collapsed and we all had to stay in our rooms for, for six months. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense and that's kind of terrifying. It's almost comforting to imagine that there is somebody with a plan, even if it's an evil plan.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I, I always love that um conspiracy theories tend to have a real faith bizarrely in in humans right it's like it can never be just a cock-up it's got to be like a big mad plan i always tend to think it's probably a (laughs) cock-up
1: yeah it's quite flattering in its way just to imagine like if 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 you think that someone has has got has got an evil plan to ruin the world that suggests that they if they were if they were good if they were they could do something they could do a good thing that that suggests they actually have quite a lot of power um, and and quite a lot of ability. Whereas, like actually, I think the reality is, as you say, it's just that like most things happen due to cock up and incompetence, <laughs> which is a much less flattering view of human nature.
0: Yeah, but probably more accurate. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think so. As you as you say in the book, we kind of tend to think that conspiracies are about the left behind, the undereducated, and the ill informed. Um, those are those are the people who believe it. And I know that we all tend to think that it's our political opposites that um, the fall for conspiracy theories so if you're left-wing you tend to think you know it's those right-wingers that are idiots and believe all of this stuff but that's not really the case is it yeah
1: i think i think anyone can be prone to it actually something else we found in that in that polling we did is uh roughly half of remainers not quite half but about 48 percent of remainers think that the the political consultancy cambridge analytica was probably involved in the brexit result in some way um and again there is as far as we can tell absolutely no evidence of that they've gone around saying they were um but you know people often go around saying saying they can do things that they can't that was that was just pr um i don't think if you actually look at recent Recent British history, and the fact we've had you know thirty years of newspaper coverage basically poisoning people against the the EU, an organisation we were never that enthusiastic about anyway, and you know the UK is one of one of the few, very few countries in Europe that has not been occupied by a foreign army at any point in in living memory. I realise as I say this, I'm speaking to someone from Northern Ireland, which is a, a where you get where well, this gets complicated, but 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 yeah. but nonetheless, basically. But basically, that's that's true. Like most European countries at some point have seen some form of foreign occupation. Uh, the British mainland, at least, has not. Um, and I think that does that does just mean we have different attitudes to the idea of overseas cooperation. I don't think you necessarily need the kind of you don't need any any kind of conspiracy to explain why why Britain voted for brexit. but 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 roughly half of remainers think that that you kind of need. That that there needs to be malign actors in there somewhere to have explain to, to, to justify that result, um, mm. and that is you know that is basically a centrist conspiracy, isn't it? It's it is people in roughly the middle of politics who still think there are there are sort of shadowy forces behind the scenes, you know.
0: Conspiracy theory's been around as as you show for thousands of years. How is now different?
1: So, so yeah, uh, another, another example from the book actually is of the Roman general Germanicus um, uh, was poisoned or possibly died of cancer or something in, you know, somewhere in the East in the, in the early decades of the common era, uh, but he took a long time to die. So he, he was probably the first person, possibly the only person in history to start a conspiracy theory about his own death. death saying he'd been poisoned by the Emperor Tiberius. Um, And that was 2000 years ago. You know, this stuff has been around a very, very long time. Um, But I do think we are... We've kind of been living through a bit of a a, a bit of a, a high point for conspiratorial thinking, um, and, you know, with like Donald Trump and you know Jair Bolsonaro and and Modi. All these politicians have have quite cons- have used conspiracy thinking to to kind of promote their own political ends. Um, I think part of that is we've been living through. We're still living with the consequences of the crash really aren't we it's like you know again because of forces we couldn't really understand such as you know some banker in Reykjavik making a bad bet on the florida housing market it ruined all our quality of life and means that no one in Britain has had a pay rise for a dozen years mm. um and that that's that just doesn't make that doesn't kind of fit the logic of how, how how you see the world um so i think conspiracy thinking is kind of filling that gap to a certain extent um But also it's, you know, it's the internet, isn't it? It's like we, the internet has kind of undermined existing media. It's kind of created our own sort of little filter bubbles where, you know, you you get your existing ideas reinforced and kind of like you don't hear opposing ideas as easily. Um, And also it's things like YouTube algorithms that kind of, uh, you know, present content to keep you on YouTube. And it turns out the kind of content that will do that is stuff that appeals to your existing prejudices. So, which which is often uh, conspiracy theories, essentially. So I think there's all sorts of factors in there. But if you kind of look at the history of this stuff, it does kind of go in sort of, you know, there there, there are peaks and then it ebbs again. So I think probably at some point it'll become less of a factor in our politics. And then somewhere down the line, it will have a resurgence again. It's great.
0: Well, I mean, I, I would quite like for it to be to... Wean slightly that would be quite nice
1: (laughs) it would be it would be reassuring at this point wouldn't it but it it probably will at some point if it doesn't destroy the planet first it will
2: well that's troubling (laughs) (laughs) coming up how can we protect ourselves from conspiracy theories
0: did you know you can get the big issues award-winning journalism through your door every week As a better pod listener, you can sign up to get a four-week subscription to the best in news, politics and culture for just £12. And we'll even throw in a stylish tote bag for free. Go to
2: bigissue.com slash bigpod to find out more. How can conspiracy theories become dangerous to individuals who believe in them?
1: I mean, I think sometimes it can be a sort of uh, radicalisation Yeah. I mean, if you think of like someone who believes in, I know, Flat Earth is another of the sillier conspiracy theories I look into in the book. Um, I don't think that's especially dangerous. But, but if you look at, you know, one of the biggest conspiracy theories of the last few years is, is, is QAnon, um, which is almost, in in many ways it operates sort of like a cult. uh, And the believers in that kind of tell each other to kind of cut off friends and family who, who, who don't buy into it. Um, Because the people who are in that think it's a it's it's a campaign to save children from like global pedophile rings and so on it's a moral crusade so people kind of do get uh can be sort of cut off from their loved ones by this stuff and it can act as you know it, it can spark physical violence i mean there was that story a couple of years ago of the guy who um invaded the washington dc uh, pizza restaurant where this this uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, fictitious pedophile ring was meant to be operating out of the basement of this place. This restaurant did not have a basement. It literally did not have a basement, let alone one where anything dodgy was happening. But nonetheless, this guy turned up with a gun to liberate these imaginary children. You know, that is literally political violence spinning off from a belief in conspiracy theory. So on that level, yeah, it can it can be incredibly dangerous. Or, or look at what happened in January 6th last year in the US, where you basically had a mob trying to overthrow an election result. Again, that is a conspiracy theory that has is having real, dangerous, real world effects. So, so yeah, I think I mean I don't think a belief in in a conspiracy theory necessarily takes you on that path, but it clearly can do.
2: You know, you spoke a lot about kind of conspiracy theories promoting radicalization. So, do you think they can conspiracies can be dangerous for society as a whole?
1: Yeah, I think I think they can. I mean, not just in not just in the kind of ways I've, I just talked about, but if you think about climate change denial, that at this point is a conspiracy. There is nothing inherently conspiratorial in the idea that that maybe man made climate change isn't a thing. Like you know, science could show that that is entirely plausible where the conspiracy comes in is to hold that to maintain that belief now you need to believe that all the world scientists of first approximation are lying about this that is a conspiracy um so so on that on that most basic level you know that particular conspiracy theory if that stops us from addressing the climate crisis that one could destroy civilization that that would be pretty damaging wouldn't that
0: definitely counts though yeah absolutely so what can we do then as individuals to stop ourselves from falling for conspiracy theories
1: I never quite know how to answer this one because I I, I don't know god I can't save us um but I, I think like I think a useful thing you can do in your own life is just kind of like Check your, check your prejudices. Like if, if you agree with something because it appeals to your existing biases, I think it is kind of good to look at it extra carefully because you are more likely to just kind of accept information that fits with what you already think. I also think it is probably healthy to not start thinking, not start imagining yourself to be like the rational person in a conversation, um, because I think that can be that can be kind of quite a poisonous attitude <laughs> to imagine that unlike the people to your left or your right, you uniquely are rational and sensible. And I've seen the number of people who who started from that position to veer off into all sorts of insane beliefs. So I think that's that's a sensible thing to do.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good advice. So that's kind of on an individual basis. But you know, if the the internet's at the heart of all of these conspiracies, is there something that could be done by regulators or governments or even us in the media to to inoculate the public against conspiracy theories?
1: Um, pass slightly. I, I mean, probably, but I think one of, one of the difficulties you run into is that you can't simply. I mean, there, there is evidence to suggest you can't. You know just presenting people with with evidence that they are wrong doesn't work you kind of need to hand hold them a little bit and let them come to the conclusion on their own if you just say something if you just offer evidence that 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 clashes with someone's existing belief they find it quite easy to just dismiss that and then they might start dismissing you um so so i think this is this is this can be a problem with sort of the The fact checking websites, which I should be careful of because my co-writer Tom Phillips um, used to edit a very fine fact checking website called Full Fact and did a very good job. Um, But I think a slight difficulty with the business model there is that the people that need to hear this stuff are often going to be quite resistant to it. I think actually kind of like asking questions and helping guide people to where they To where they might come to this conclusion themselves um, is 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 a way of getting around that. But I don't really know how you do that as as a government or as a media organisation. I can only think of how you do that with with individuals in your life, really.
0: Every week in the podcast, we finish by asking each of our guests the same three questions to help our listeners act today for a better tomorrow. I'm going to hand you over to Kat, who's going to ask you the
2: questions. Of course. uh... What's one bit of advice you wish you'd known earlier?
1: Um, everyone is is faking it, sort of. Like all those all those people who you think, how are you so confident? How are you so much more confident than me? They're not. They're faking it as much as you are. Um, and you know, basically when you're a kid, especially everyone's a little bit scared. Um, and I think if we all knew that younger, it would be kind of easy to kind of get past easier to get past some of those some of those social barriers we find when we're young. But you know, live and learn this.
2: What's one piece of art? That gives you hope for the future.
1: So I don't know if this is the right kind of answer, but I've not been able to think of a better one. As I um I'm among my other characteristics. I'm a massive nerd, um, and have spent a lot of uh, a lot of my life watching. Uh, various terrible TV sci-fi shows, including Star Trek and its various offshoots, which is, I've always thought that's a very optimistic portrayal of the future. We're like, it's basically space communism, isn't it? It's a—it's space America, but also space communism, where, where kind of basic needs have been sorted and it's all about... Um, you know, exploration and knowledge and kind of culture and so on that's always struck me as quite optimistic how, how we sort of map that onto where we are now especially given that so far as we can tell it's not actually possible to travel faster than light let alone go and meet any aliens um i don't know but that's that's the thing that kind of makes me feel optimistic about the future when the real world doesn't
2: and finally what's one thing our listeners could do today to make tomorrow better
1: uh, well, one thing they could do is buy Conspiracy by John Elgin and Tom Phillips, uh, which is available now and will make your tomorrow a lot better. Strong um, advice. I don't. I, I, again, I don't know. am uh, All I can think of is like just just try and be. Remember that other people are also going through stuff. I think there you go. That's that's a that's always a useful piece of advice. It's like remember that if someone if someone's been a bit snappy with you, they're probably having a terrible day, just as you you, you know. Other people exist too. There you go.
0: Thanks for listening to BetterPod. If you'd like to support us, please subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends. We're relying on word of mouth to bring people into our conversation and to help us all discover how we can act today for a better tomorrow. You can keep up with all the Big Issues reporting at bigissue.com, where you can also discover how to find your local vendor.